Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Lamentations 3 and 18, the scripture says, And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Somebody say every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Amen. Would you put your Bible down and help me pray for just a moment over the remainder of this service? Would you lift your hands with me? Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your spirit. We've already felt from this praise team that lifted worship to you. God, I pray your blessing as we look into your word, as as we preach your word. God, I pray that this, this assembly, these people here would receive it and be changed by it. Let it even change me, God, and help me. God, I pray for every hearer, every person in this room that the, as faith comes, that they would hold on to it, God, and that they'd be changed today, that they'd be more aligned and closer to you today. I pray, encourage somebody today, Lord, as you've encouraged me in this word, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Why don't we give another hand clap to the Lord and offer him some worship. You can be seated. I want to preach on this thought today. The miracle of a sunrise. The miracle of a sunrise. The scripture tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. There's no new thing under the sun. This tells us that there isn't anything in the world we live in that is new. Everything is old that is here. All of the resources we have in life have been given to us to use. And the only things that we can create are from our creativity of those resources from the earth. God gave us these resources that we have. We did not create them ourselves. Inventions of farming and fire and chemical reactions and the discovery of electricity and the use of natural gas, all of these things run our world today. That's, that's how money is made even in our world today is from all of these dis discoveries that man has had through the years. And we benefit from them 
from the freely given resources of God. He gave us these things. He gave us a heater and an air conditioner in a way because he gave us all the materials we have. And so not to be getting into science, but science is even uh, proving the word of God to be true. And scientifically, this fact holds true that there is no new thing under the sun, nothing new under the sun. We have, as mankind, we have no ability to create anything that is actually new. Now, you might be uh, asking me, well, you know, scientists have figured out how to make matter, you know, and nuclear scientists have, and physicists have, but they use something called a particle accelerator to create matter. And it's really interesting to read about. I don't know anything about it, so I'm just, what I've read, sharing with you, all right? And this happens from the collision of light. They have very uh, concentrated, high-speed light particles that they shoot at each other. And then matter is created, almost at the speed of light. And so this is stemming from Einstein's famous E equals MC squared equation, right? It's that uh, there's light and there's matter and they're interchangeable is what his equation said. And so they put this into practice and we've built machines to do that. But you have to have the gold ions they use to start with. There's a resource that they started with that they are making matter out of. Nuclear physicists also continued to add elements to the periodic table. You see that, that periodic table you've seen in elementary school, right? It's growing, actually, and it's grown a lot even from when you were a kid, and it's because they continue to create these new elements called heavy elements, but this is the same type of practice. Maybe it's a different machine, but it's by taking two existing elements and just squishing them together, and then we call that a new element right? Because it has different characteristics. But they have a machine that does this at a very high velocity. It's not just mixing them in a bowl like how you mix your eggs and your milk, all right? Which is how we used to try to do it. But that's very fascinating, but it's all out of materials we already have, right? It's already stuff from the earth. We can't create anything. But our God, he is a creator, he, unlike us, has the ability out of nothing to create something. For we all know in Genesis that he spoke and things began to form. We can't even really in words adequately describe how God did that. Out of the darkness, he created things. And he also created us out of the dirt. It says this in Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And so God gave us the ability to breathe and to have life from his creativity. And his creativity is on a whole nother level. We serve an awesome God. I said, I'll just, just say that. He's awesome. There's nobody who's like him. The Bible says his thoughts are on another level. 
that we can't even think his thoughts. He can't even reveal himself totally to us because your, your mind would explode. It'd be like that, that emoji of the, the exploding head. It'd be mind blown by God. But he created us and he breathed his life into us. And it's because of this breath of life and because of the fall in the garden that he even gave us the power to choose what we make of life. He made us higher than the animals. He gave us a conscience that is higher and at a different complexity than any of his other creations. When we fell in the garden, we began to have a conscience and we began to choose what we have in life. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that thou and thy seed may live. God was telling the, the children of Israel at that time, hey, it's up to you what you want to make of life. You're not able to create things like I, like I can. But you can choose what your life will become. And every single day we live, it's a choice that we make. And I come with good news here today. I've come to remind you today that there is a new day that has dawned today. That that light you're seeing through those stained glass windows over there isn't because we have a giant, you know, setup of lights right there. It's because the sun has come up. A new day has dawned. And with that new day that has dawned, there is a future yet to be written for your life today. And even more amazingly, there's a past that's behind us that we can move on from. Yesterday might have been a bad day, Brother Chase. You, you might have been disappointed yesterday for some reason or another. Life might have not been what you expected it to be yesterday. But today is Sunday, and today is a new day. And with that, we have a new future in front of us. No matter what people have done to us before, it's behind us. No matter what injustices have happened to us, it's behind us. No matter what sin we've been bound in, there is new life for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. We serve a God that brings new life. Somebody say new life. The book of Lamentations are poems likely written by the prophet Jeremiah. And he was mourning the sin that caused the downfall of Judah and the ultimate destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. He wrote these poems for the survivors of the destruction in Jerusalem and to those who remained there in Judah or, and also to those who were exiled to Babylon. Babylon had conquered them conquered their holy city and destroyed it and many of them were prisoners in that place of Babylon and some of them left behind in the rubble it was not a good situation that they were in that you find this passage of scripture in fact if you read the preceding verses which I'm going to do in a moment here you will find that Jeremiah is lamenting he is he is he is just frustrated and disappointed and hurt because of the life they're living at that present moment. 
And so I want to share with you some of the things he said because I'm thankful that he was a real prophet who could actually share the emotions they lived in. And I don't know about you, but life has never been perfect for me. And it's never gone in a perfect trajectory for me and gone just straight up. But there is always valleys before there are mountains in life. And things don't go perfectly. And sometimes we have emotions that we we allow to go unchecked. And we are disappointed and we're frustrated and we might feel like Jeremiah did that day as he penned these words. He said this, he said, he hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me he is turned, the Lord is turned. He turned his hand against me all the day. He said this, my flesh and my skin hath made me old. He hath broken my bones. Amen. Anybody have pain in their body and made us, he's made us old? <laughs> Praise God. Back hurts for no reason. Jeremiah knew it. He hath built it against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He hath set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. In other words, he put me in what seems like a graveyard, right? He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow and he set me as a mark for the arrow. This is all, just don't smile too much this Sunday morning. Amen. We'll get through it in just a moment. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all my people and their song all the day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul off from peace. I forget, forget prosperity, but despite how he was feeling. He penned the words that I read into your hearing that we read as our text here today, that his mercies are made new and that his compassions fail not. You see, there was something he reminded himself of and it was that our God never fails, his compassion never fails, and his mercy is made new every single day. I want to use scripture to refute every one of these things that, that Jeremiah was feeling and tell you that we have a God who cares about each and every one of those things. Despite the darkness he was in, the scripture tells us when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me in Micah 7 and 8. Despite the broken bones, David said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. And God told Ezekiel, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
despite being builded against, Joseph said to his brothers, he said, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Praise God. He set him in dark places where others have died. But Jesus said this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jeremiah felt like he was in a place that he couldn't get out. He felt trapped in a place where he couldn't get out. But 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Hallelujah! That ye may be able to bear it. Despite the heavy chains that was on him. Isaiah said this, the garment of praise. He'll give us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Despite his prayer seeming to be shut out and not listened to. You remember when God told Daniel this. He said, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten it thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. God heard him immediately. Hallelujah. Despite the crooked paths that God put him in. Isaiah said the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. Hallelujah. Despite feeling desolate and pulled apart, Joel said this, and I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. Despite seeming to be a target for an arrow, David also said, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Despite being a derision to the people. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us this in, in Psalms. It said, the proud hath had me in great derision, yet I have not declined from thy law. And great peace have they which love thy law. He gives us peace that serve God and that love God. Hallelujah. Amen. Despite the bitterness and drinking of the wormwood, I want to tell you this. Jesus tasted the bitter taste of the vinegar and the gall on the cross. He tasted that bitterness. He tasted that concoction. He tasted that wormwood of bitterness while he hung on a cross for us so that we could be filled with a new wine. Although you drank the drink of bitterness, although you drank the drink of the wormwood, the Bible tells us that we have new wine in the Holy Ghost. Despite being covered with ashes, Isaiah said this, to give unto them beauty for ashes. We'll give God our ashes, and he gives us beauty. He turns it around, even though it's just ashes we have. Despite losing peace, Paul said this, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jeremiah understood the promises of our merciful God that despite all of these things he faced, he said this to himself. He said, this I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. Hallelujah. He's reminded himself of the goodness of God. 
he reminded himself that God is still good. Even though there's darkness, even though there's chains, even though it seems the opposite of how it should be, things have been made crooked. They don't make any sense, and I lack that peace. He said this, this I recall to my mind. Somebody ought to quote the word of God to yourself. Somebody ought to quote the word of God when you're in a frustrating situation. Somebody ought to quote the word of God when you're in darkness and there's no light. Somebody ought to quote the word of God when you're in chains and it seems there's no way out. Somebody ought to recall the goodness of the Lord. Jeremiah said, therefore, have I hope. We have hope today, First Church. There's hope for you today, and you ought to recall it to your mind. You ought to recall it to your mind. Don't forget. Don't be so focused on the destruction you live in. But focus on how great your God is. David returned home to Ziklag and found the Amalekites had destroyed the city and taken its inhabitants hostage. And David wept until he had no more power to weep, the Bible tells us. He wept until he could not even cry anymore. You want to talk about pain? That's painful. But then it's in this scripture that we find that the scripture tells us David then encouraged himself in the Lord. And what did he do? He began to put his chest out and he began to square his shoulders back. And he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, shall we then pursue with his 600 men left and only 400 of them made it past the river they went through? David had confidence that if the Lord says that I can defeat this enemy, then it doesn't even matter who's with me or who's not. Because my God is greater. My God will take back everything. And in fact, he did. He went back and he spoiled that city. He took all of their riches. He took everything from them because he encouraged himself in the Lord. Same thing with Jeremiah when he said, I recall to my mind, I'm putting it in my mind that the junk I'm living in, the situation I'm facing, the the destruction that I see is not where my focus is. My focus and my hope is on the Lord because the Lord has never lost a battle and he never will. Hallelujah. Jeremiah said also, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. I want to remind you today that we serve a Savior who is not finished with you. If you're sitting here in this place and you're hearing my voice today, it's because God has not finished his work in you. God has not decided that there's nothing more for you. But he's allowed a sunrise to happen. Hallelujah. And he's allowed his mercies to come once again. Hallelujah. He's the only reason that we aren't consumed. The reason you're above ground today is because of the mercy of God. Some of you should have been dead and gone a long time ago if the devil had his way. 
And I've seen it. I've seen with some of you where I knew that there was an attack happening on you. And others would have died in that attack. But you're here today. Hallelujah. It's because the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. It's because his compassions, they fail not. I know you're going through something right now. I know it seems like there's bitterness in your heart right now. I know that it seems like it's darkness everywhere you look. And that darkness might have taken out others. But I come to tell you it didn't take you out. And it's not going to take you out this time. Because his compassions fail not. Hallelujah. He's not finished with us. Others might have given up in the fight. But you're standing here in this place today. And if you're standing here today, you should be encouraged that God hasn't failed you. His compassions fail not. Jesus, in Matthew 9 and 36, it says this about him. It says, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. When God sees your brokenness, he sees his child. He sees the sheep of his flock. You're his family, and you're his child, and he has the best in mind for you, and he's not finished with you. So don't push him away today. Don't push God away today. But why don't you accept that mercy he has for you today? Why don't you accept what he has next for you today? Why don't you have some hope here today that God has a future in mind for me? He sees our potential. Verse 23 says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. There's a miracle in the sunrise today. Because the writer of Ecclesiastes told us that there is no new thing under the sun. But I come to tell you there was one thing that God can make new under the sun. And he makes it new under the sun on every sunrise. And that is his mercy. There's no new thing under the sun. There's nothing we can make. But he gives his mercy freely. And he drops it onto the earth every single day. Truly great is thy faithfulness. The song says, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Hallelujah. It's the truth that he is the Lord and he fails not and he's forever unchanging. The writer of Hebrews said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. There's a miracle in the sunrise today and it's that there's mercy for you today. There's hope for you today and there's a future for you today because God gives his mercy and his mercies fail not. Hallelujah. He said this, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Hallelujah. David told us this in Psalms 30 and 5, for his anger endureth 
but a moment. And his favor is life. Amen. We have life because of the favor of God. Hallelujah. And this is where he says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. Just because it's dark right now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Because there's a blessing God gives every day. There's another day. There's a new day. There's a new day coming for our church. I just want to speak what God put in my heart. There's a new day coming for our church. Things aren't always going to be the same around here. It's not going to be the same people and faces you see around here. Because there's a new day dawning. Because his compassion fails not. And because his mercies are made new every day. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is my portion. Jesus is everything we need. And he gives us his portion every single day. So saith my soul, I will hope in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm believing we're going to see things we've never seen before. I'm believing God's going to give you your deliverance. I'm believing and I've put my hope in him. And I hope you put your hope in him. Hallelujah, that my God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or that we can even think. Hallelujah, I come to tell you in just a few years, maybe even this coming year, God can do things that we couldn't even imagine. God can do things that we couldn't even conjure up in our mind. God can do things and change things that we can never change. Paul told the Philippian church, he said, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. He was trying to tell him this. The church is always advancing. The church is always moving forward. That the good work that he's found in here, it's a seed that never stops growing until Jesus returns. And last time I checked, the rapture hasn't happened yet. And until the rapture comes, I'm believing that God is going to grow things. God is going to change things. God is going to shift things because there's a sunrise today. It's a beautiful day. I was telling Brother Lucas just outside, we're like, man, it is so nice today. You know, I was honestly a little worried when I was preparing for this. It was a little gray and gloomy yesterday. But look at the day God gave us. That ought to put a smile on your face. He gave us the sun. We could be living in like Michigan or something and I mean, they're kind of they're happy that their team won in the football game yesterday. But, but it's cold there. It's freezing. Snow everywhere. Like, I can't do it. I got to see the sun. Because that sunrise means there's new life today. Hallelujah that I have confidence in Jesus. I am certain, Paul said, that God who began will continue his work. He said it this way, too. He said that my word, it's so powerful that it can't come back to me void. You've read that in your Bible? Amen. 
Do I have to find the scripture for you? Have you heard that scripture before? I believe it's in Isaiah. Praise God. His word won't return to him void, Brother Chase. What a blessing that is. If God spoke it, it means it's going to happen. It's not going to come back empty. Our God is not a God who speaks and nothing happens. But our God is a God who speaks and it begins to happen. And it continues. And it grows. And it shifts. Because he is the creator. Hallelujah. Like Jerusalem in shambles from the Babylonians that God allowed to destroy them. Sometimes we in life experience the same. And we don't feel like things have worked out as we had hoped. But we have this same hope that Jeremiah had. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want Brother Lucas to come to the piano. I know I wasn't very long today. I'm sorry. Pastor will come back and give us an awesome message. I know he will. Praise God. But I just feel this in my heart. It's just a simple point. He gives us new mercy every day. Hallelujah. And when he promises it, it will not fail. The promise he gives will never fail. There was a woman in this city called Shunem in the Bible. And we find the story in 2 Kings chapter number 4. And she had it in her heart to care and give bread to Elisha, the prophet, and his servant. And she, she had a, a passion for, for helping the man of God. And then she made a room in her home for them to come. And they would always come. And so one day, Elisha asked Gehazi, his, his servant, he says, Hey, what, what do you think we can give to this woman? And Gehazi says, Well, if you notice, there's, there's, no, there's no toys. There's no, this extra room is here because there's no baby. And her husband is getting old, and it just hasn't happened for them. And so Elisha says, okay, and he speaks the miracle to happen, that this woman, this Shunammite woman, would have a son. And she did. It was a miracle of God that Elisha blessed and allowed God to use him to do. But a little while later, the boy grows up, and he's out in the field working with his dad, and something happens, and the boy dies. And it looks like that all hope is lost. But this woman, she, she did what you should do. She immediately took her son to the man of God who had promised her that son. And some of the others in her household even said, well, wait, 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 you can't even go and see him yet. It's not the appointed day yet that you can go and see him. And she, she didn't care. And I just want to say, you can go to God with your need anytime. You can bring it back to him anytime. And so the story gets so interesting here because Elisha is dealing with his servant, Gehazi, who is no doubt he is not a perfect man. And he, he tells Gehazi, Gehazi, don't talk to anyone, but take my staff. Don't tell them anything about this on the way, on your journey to, back to her home. But when you go there, 
If you have not talked to anyone and you lay this on him, he will be healed. And so Gehazi does this. And the Bible tells us that the son was not healed. And so can you imagine the disappointment of this woman? That the prophet willed it. That this man would come and my son would be healed and and he wasn't healed. And so uh, Jewish tradition says it's not in the scripture, but they infer that perhaps Gehazi didn't listen to the directions properly. Because Elisha had to go himself. And Elisha himself laid on the boy's body. And he laid on the boy's body. And he actually did it a few times. And then eventually, he started sneezing. And the Bible says he sneezed seven times. I think that's so interesting. Maybe there's some great theological point. All I know is if somebody sneezes more than three times, you're not getting a bless you anymore. <laughs> like, you, you went way past where I'm going to bless you. <laughs> Maybe he blessed them seven times. I don't know. You know? And so he, he goes, Elisha goes and, and tells the mother, the Shunammite woman, hey, go and see him. Go and hold him. He's coming too. And he was healed. Praise the Lord. And I, and I find this interesting. That, okay, this is just conjecture, so you can take it or you can leave it. But I find it interesting that Elisha prayed for a double portion of miracles from Elijah and when Elisha died it was right after the story with the arrows where the, the, the king was striking into the ground and he was disappointed he only struck the arrows into the ground three times Elisha dies and he had only 13 miracles happen but then the very next scripture there in later in 2nd Kings in 2nd Kings 13 the Bible tells us that there was war coming to the area and that there was a man who had died and so they quickly with an army coming needed to throw this dead body somewhere so that they could fight the enemy that was there and this this person had died probably from the battle happening and they they tossed him into the grave of Elisha okay just follow me with this the Bible is crazy it's a wild story all right they throw him into the grave of Elisha. And the Bible says when he touched the bones, there was life. He came back to life, that body. And so there was the final miracle of Elisha's ministry. And if you read in Jewish tradition, it doesn't name them in your Bible, but they feel like that that was the same young man of the Shunammite woman's, that, that was the Shunammite woman's son who had that happen. You could take it or leave it. But Shunam, the word Shunam in Hebrew, it means two resting places. It means rest doubly, but it also means two resting places. So I don't know, take, take, take it what you will. But I'm just telling you what God put on my heart about this that her promise died but there was still mercy and he came back and even another time that he touched the man of God or somebody touched at least we know the man of God 
there was life again. Praise God. If we touch God, His mercy won't fail us. If we have a promise of God, His mercy won't fail us. He finally said this. He said, the Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him, as we stand to our feet today. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. All I know is this, Brother Chase. God is good, and His Word is true. And He's going to be good to them that wait on Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. God has goodness for your life. God has a future for your life. Jeremiah wrote in his other book that that he he knows the plans He has for us. That it's a future and an expected end. Hallelujah. Our God has something good in mind for your life if we will seek Him. Jesus says this in Matthew 6 and 33. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things about life will be added to us. It's all about your priorities in life. Put God first today and He will bless your life. Ask some of these elders that are in this house today where their life was when they first came to the Lord and where their life is today. And you'll see that God has radically transformed them. As our pastor so eloquently preached, he asked several of us here, did you ever think you'd be married to the spouse you have? Did you ever think you'd have the home that you had? It's because the goodness of God. There might be darkness. There might be things that just don't make any sense. There might be chains. There might be all kinds of things. Maybe even from the sin that was that you were bound by, that you allowed yourself to be bound by. There's a new day for you today. There's life for you today. There's a sunrise for us today. Hallelujah. There's a new thing under the sun today. And it's the mercy of God. And I hope somebody in this house will receive that mercy of God today. Hallelujah. I hope somebody will decide to give their life to God today. We ought to seek the Lord with everything we have. Hallelujah. Knowing He's got a beautiful future in mind for us. Hallelujah. Come on. Would you find a place in this altar? I want to open these altars and find a place to pray. And let's thank Him today. Let's worship Him today. Hallelujah for His mercy, for His goodness. Hallelujah that He is a merciful Savior, that His compassions fail not. Hallelujah, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be afraid of because our God has the best in mind for us. Hallelujah, He holds our world and there's nobody like Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I know joy is coming in the morning. Come on, there's a morning coming in your life right now. I'm just speaking in in faith here today. I believe you've been facing some things. I believe that you've been in darkness right now, but our God is going to make things right. He's going to make things new. He's going to make things new in our church. He's going to make things new new in your family, in your marriage, in the name of Jesus. He's going to make things new right now because that's the kind of God we serve. Would you reach out to God right now? Our joy is coming in the morning.
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.